Hi, this is Melissa Wood Tepperberg, and this is the Move with Heart podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> and just breathe it all in. I want to talk. I can't lie. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be short, sweet, and very spicy. And we're going to get right into it because apparently some of you think I talk too much. <laughs> On my walk here, I was thinking, because it's so interesting having these conversations and even just to be able to sit and talk to you like this is, it's really such an honor. And I, you know, I had many different um, ways I wanted to start. And then on the walk here, I'm like, how does Chelsea do it? And like, even as we've just been sitting here talking as friends and hearing other things you're thinking about. I'm, you know, you're a mother, a wife. You do so many things. I mean, the list and you're just the advocate that you are for so many important matters in life. And as someone like myself who things really changed for me in the past, like handful of years where I had my two children. My business really started as this like thing that I was doing that I loved. And then it really grew into something. And I wake up some days and I'm just like the managing of it all is where I find it's like the biggest challenge for me. And just taking a step back to really take in like the woman that you are and and what you do, how in the hell do you do it, Chelsea? Honestly. Oh gosh. Well, Melissa, <laughs> thank you. And I think, you know, all of all of what you just said um, about me applies to you. And so do the same questions. And for me, I am so grateful to be able to work with extraordinary people who really enable me to do the work that I want to do you know, as an advocate, as an author, mm. you know, as a teacher, as a citizen, as an investor, as a mentor. I wouldn't be able to do any of that, though, if I didn't have the privilege of working with extraordinary people across every aspect of my life. And also, admittedly, I'm very scheduled. Mm. So I make a schedule like of everything in my life every month for the month because I just need to know like where do I need to kind of be (laughs) to do the work I want to do carving out time to be prepared for that ensuring all the important dates for my kids are in the calendar when Mark and I are both traveling ensuring um, we have someone who of course is like going to spend the night with our kids it does mean there's not a lot of spontaneity in my life it though thankfully for me provides not only the structure, but really the security of at least I then have the chance to be the mom and the wife and the advocate and the author and the mentor and the teacher and the investor and hopefully the leader that I I always want to be. Because if I don't have that structure and I don't have that schedule, a lot of things are going to fall through the cracks. It doesn't mean that I don't drop a ball here or there. I absolutely do. But at least I have a better chance to juggle and kind of a better sense of just shared expectations with my family, um, first and foremost, but also kind of 
with with the people I'm really lucky to work with about just like who is doing what, where, when, and how, and like what do we expect of each other, and how do we then not only hold each other accountable but support each other. Mm. But it does mean there's not a lot of spontaneity. But I'll trade the um, I'll, I'll trade the ability to kind of live my life and do the work I want to do with a better degree of confidence for spontaneity. I totally admire you for that. Like I am someone who's definitely struggled a little bit with more of a schedule. I don't know if it's because I'm a Sagittarius and I'm the most spontaneous person, even when we're filming and I'm like, I'm, it's just something about me as like a creator. And I'm like, I am not intuitively feeling that today. And I'm sure for my poor team, I can sometimes, you know, because it's like so locked in there. However, I have found now as things are growing and evolving, having a plan and really carving things out and being like super clear on my schedule for the week. I look at everything for the week and I'm trying to think of wrapping my head around what it looks like looking at the month ahead. Do you have one schedule or like one calendar for you? And then do you have one for the children because you have three kids and your husband, you put it all on one. Do you color code? I put it, yes. You do. Of course Every I kid do. has a color. Yes. Okay, tell us. What does color? does like, this surprise you? No, I love it. I'm envious, actually. <laughs> and then I have different colors for like open questions. And I also, no. I, yes. Give us all the tips. Like <laughs> I need to walk away. Ava, can you take notes? <laughs> I need to walk yes, away. Every, everyone has colors. I also not only raise in conversation, but I have to have a paper trail with Mark because Mark, my husband, who is wonderful and my best friend, and I'm so lucky to be on this journey of life with him. And he's an amazing father. And that's not just like the lead up to something that is not great. He's it, amazing. He's amazing. Melissa knows him. He's amazing. He's awesome. He does, though, sometimes need to be reminded of things. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, remember, I'm like, this is your day to walk Jasper to school. Like he's really excited about like his time with you this morning. Jasper's our three-year-old. And sure enough, thankfully, I was like, Mark, I was like, last night, I was like, remember? And he's like, no, no, I know. And this morning, Jasper was so excited that his dad was walking him to school. He's created this whole um, superhero persona that he calls Super A, which I'm like, I don't really know where that came from. Like, your name starts with a J. Like, I don't know why we're not Super J, but we're not. We're Super A. He made himself a mask, but he scoots to school, and we couldn't figure out how to put the mask over the helmet. And he was like, Mama, I don't need my helmet. I was like, nope, no, mm. you do. I was oh, like, thank what? you. I was like, what's one of our rules? And he looks at me sort of begrudgingly. He's like, safety first. I'm like, that's right, safety first. I was like, okay, but then we figured out how to like wrap the the super a mask around his forearm <laughs> and I was worried the elastic was going to break but thankfully it didn't break and then he was totally ready and then when Mark came down our hallway to take Jasper to school he was like you're taking super a to school and I was like yes and thankfully Mark immediately like slipped into the character of like the dad of super a um, so, so it's just like it's not only like you know the color coding <laughs> like everything is organized we also sometimes like just have to um, remind our husbands. Not, oh. that, not that you would have any sympathy for that. I mean, at yes. all, Melissa. No. I feel I, like this is where I should disclose that I have known <laughs> Noah for almost, maybe actually now half my life. And you told me today, wow. Chelsea has been my friend for over 25 over, years. Over, yeah. Wow. Yes. That's insane. Insane. And just insane. I know. so sweet. We knew I each other when. We knew each other when. I know. I love the stories. <laughs> so great. I know. And now we have all these children. And are grownups most of the time. So can I ask you, do you feel overwhelmed? Like, do you wake up feeling like there's so much on your plate? 
No, I, I don't feel overwhelmed. I do, though, recognize how, again, lucky I am to do work that has so much meaning to me and to have such a supportive partner. But if like one thing shifts or changes, I don't feel overwhelmed, but there's always then a scramble because everything mm-hmm. is so kind of choreographed and coordinated that like last week, our six-year-old was sick. He had like, the, I think just the norovirus, which was going through his yes. class, which I'm sure any parent listening to is like, you know, groaning and dread and sympathy. Like it's happening. And right, it's terrible. And thankfully, at least for us, like they they leave as quickly as they come. But while they're there, they're just like awful for these little sweet creatures. And like we didn't have childcare that day for all sorts of other reasons. So Mark and I had to like run back and forth to be at home with Aiden. And it, it then just requires a little bit of like grace and patience where I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not on Zoom for this. I'm on a call because I'm actually coming from like this meeting in person to be able to back at home. Mm-hmm. And so that just requires, I think, just just grace for ourselves and and transparency and hopefully understanding that even those of us who work a lot and try to work as efficiently and effectively as we can are people too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a little bit of juggling, even when you try to preempt the juggling. Oh, yes, there is. With three children, do you have, you know, things scheduled out where you spend, I mean, we were talking a little bit about this previously, but the time, like, because it's hard to carve out a lot of independent time with them, right? And you're doing so many other things. How do you give them that, like, dedicated attention. I'm selfishly asking for myself and so for all the parents is, out there. We do spend, you know, we spend a lot of time together as a family. You know, Mark is Jewish and I'm a Methodist and we're both quite religious. So we have quite a lot of religion in our lives and we you know, have Shabbat every Friday night. And so that's family time, which is really meaningful to us. I take the kids to church on Sunday. So that's time I have with our kids. You know, we, as I know so many parents do have so many like sports and other activities on the weekends where we're often together as a family. We do try though, even if they're not enormous amounts of time, have time at least every weekend kind of one-on-one with each of our kids. So whether that's, you know, we spend time with Jasper, like Mark is like teaching him to read right now, or I'm, and then reading to him or Charlotte and I, sometimes we might just even be reading together or, you know, maybe we are, she's in this long process of writing a book, which I'm in awe of because when I was eight, I definitely was not trying to write a book. So she'll be telling me about that and we'll be kind of ideating together. Aiden, our six-year-old, like loves to play games. So maybe I'll play a game of Uno with him and Mark will play a game of chess. So we try to not feel like every moment has to be very profound or maybe Mm. something they're going to remember forever. What we want them to remember and to always know is that they are the most important part of our lives. They are the center of our lives, both collectively, you know, as our kids and also individually as Charlotte, Aiden, and Jasper. That literally makes me like take a deep breath in a sense, because I, I feel like sometimes there is like this pressure as a parent that it needs to be this bigger moment, right? But And I think it needs to be the everyday moments. Mm-hmm. And, and the bigger moments too. Like I took Charlotte to, she takes ballet and I took her to see Firebird, mm. which was as magical as she had thought it would be. And I was so proud. She was such a respectful audience member. She sat there not only during Firebird, but during the other 
parts of the program at the New York City Ballet, and she applauded at all the right moments, and she was just so mesmerized. And I loved hearing her kind of reflections and thoughts and feelings about what she was experiencing, kind of not only through the dancing, but the sets and the costumes and the music. And she was very excited that one of the conductors for one of the pieces was a woman, and she was aware of that. It just was, it was wonderful, Melissa. And yet I know we can't have those moments, at least not for us, like every week. So we, of course, hope to have those moments, Mm -hmm. you know, with our children, at least, I don't know, a few times a year, maybe more if we're lucky. But it's important to us every week to have some individual time with our kids and to have the pressure we feel as parents for that to happen, but not the pressure for it to be kind of these these big moments every week. Because I think at least for us, we're super dedicated, but also busy people alongside being super dedicated parents. I think we would just be positioning ourselves for failure mm-hmm. and disappointment where our kids just want to spend time with us. And that's what we want too. It's so beautiful and so true. And just like so simplified hearing you say it, even hearing you say like, give us grace. Like you have so much grace with the approach, which is, I feel like I'm going to walk away from this and like, just take a deeper breath, which is really nice. And I think what I hope every parent can walk away feeling because it, you know, things pile up. Things pile up. And also, you know, Mark and I talk a lot about how, how we want our lives to kind of be and feel over, say, you know, a week or a month or a season. Because I do think, at least for me, Melissa, I try to kind of be the best that I can be in all the parts of my life that are important to me and kind of coalesce into me being me, every day I'm just going to feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm trying to be like the best possible mom and the best possible wife and the best possible friend and the best possible author and the best possible mentor and the best possible teacher and the best possible investor and the best possible like thought leader. All these things that are important to me in the areas in which kind of I live my life and work and kind of try to give give love and goodness into the world, I'm just going to feel like a failure. But if I think about it over the course of um, like a week or a month, to that at least has helped Mark and me. Um, because otherwise, particularly I think on like being good spouses, because we're like, you know, if I, like we often are at the end of the night, we're going to put them like, oh my gosh, all we talked about was our kids. And I'm like, but how are you? Right. Right. I'm like, I hope you had a good day. Like anything you need to talk about, like, like, you know, and so now we're like, okay, but then we're tired. We're like, all right, but, but tomorrow we'll talk about it tomorrow. And then, but then we do hold ourselves accountable. We're like, okay, now we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Cause otherwise it's just, it's just too much, I think, at least for us. So we always just hope first and foremost, we are good parents and the rest of it hopefully is wherever it needs to be that day. Right. That's, uh, I love it. I mean, it feels breathable, which is what just feels good. I know Noah and I have really been just working on having more like moments together, whether it's like after putting the kids to bed and just sitting and talking for like 15 minutes before he has to run out the door to go do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, you know, his work is so different than mine, but and I think that's true for a lot of couples, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's extreme for you in many ways because of what what Noah does. 
you know, even though for us, you know, so much of kind of Mark's work often is with people on the West Coast. And so like last night, you know, he was up working like on Zoom or on a phone call until 11.30 because that was 8.30 in California. Right. Right. So now I too. Right. It's just a different, it's a different dynamic. And, and so also just having grace for our partners and having kind of the space to be self-aware, I think, of when someone else needs more support. Also, though, asking for when you need more support. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, why we try really hard to never let more than a day go without having a real conversation because we never want to lose that kind of banal communication because I think that's also what is the ballast and the support for when you need to talk about like big things or harder things. Right. I feel like, did Noah talk to you before this and like have any conversation of like help ease anything? Not? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's true. It's the grace. I, that's, that's the word I'm taking away from this conversation for, for all things. And, you know, I look at you and your life with your kids and knowing even that you grew up as an only child and you have three kids and yeah, it's like you no know, it is and it's and mark is one of 11 and so oh, i was forget you know, that, that is it, so it, it invariably great. always prompts like very wide eyes from like oh my gosh <laughs> i can even see like some of your team are like wow <laughs> i know i know and he's the 10th of 11 wow i know and so having three kids is actually pretty different for both of us <laughs> because he really in the best sense felt like he was just part of the of the family like birthdays were always a really big deal in his house because his parents did want each child to always feel like absolutely there was like one day that is just about you though with so many kids it often of course had to be about many of them at once and for me as an only child I'm very close with both my parents I was absolutely the center of their universe although now we joke uh, and my, but my parents don't dispute this that like with my children, like I have fallen way down the leaderboard. <laughs> it's like, you know, it happens. I, it happens. And it's like the natural order of things. But we'll have long conversations where I realize like my parents have never once asked like, and how are you? <laughs> but they know like to the iota, like, you know, what Jasper's dreams are about and like, what is Aiden eating and what are Charlotte's favorite subjects in school and what book is she reading or what is she working on with this like magnum opus that she's creating. So I do think Melissa it is having three is a different experience for both of us. And I have this vivid memory the first time Charlotte and Aiden got into like a real argument and I was so taken aback. I just was like, oh my gosh, like, no, like they need to love each other and be kind to each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Mark was like, well, if they're not stabbing each other with cutlery, we're fine. <laughs> I said, what? He's like, yeah, apparently one of his siblings stabbed another sibling through the hand with a fork at some point. And I was like, okay, um, big families. Like blood violence, like the need to go to the emergency room could not be like the standard. Like we can't just think everything's okay up till then. Like we need some parameters or a sliding scale. Like I don't know what the right like metaphor framing is, but it can't be like, phew, like no one suffers like extreme bodily harm. How do you handle it when they're? So we try to, now because they're eight and six, and they thankfully generally do have a very good relationship, um, but they don't always get along. Like we try to let them sort it out and there really isn't the physical dimension any longer. So provided they're using their words, we let them work through it. Um, But if they ever start to be a little less kind to each other in a way that feels 
like not good and someone may even get accidentally hurt, we intervene. Right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But the first time I really like Charlotte and Aiden were arguing over like the big Legos and she pushed him and she was much larger than he is and he fell over and then she burst into tears because she didn't want to hurt him. She just wanted him to stop doing what he was doing to give her like free reign over the Legos. It all happened so quickly and she felt so badly and it was such an interesting moment for me, Melissa, as a parent, because I was like, well, I, I want you to feel badly because I want you to always feel badly if you mm-hmm. cause someone harm or if you do something even that could cause harm, even if no harm is incurred. And also, he's fine, and it's about Legos, and we're at home. So to try to help our children, too, calibrate their emotions and their responses and their big feelings and and when they should be feeling responsible and and actually guilt so that hopefully they don't make those choices again. And sometimes when they don't need to, it's just, it's an ongoing effort as a parent, right? I think for all of us. I mean, Benjamin and Eleanor are so sweet and then we'll go at it. I think they just, they like to like wrestle around and it like gets really playful and then it can, as you know, it can heighten and, and it's definitely something that I grew up with so many siblings. I know you I'm did. one of six. Yeah, so even hearing, I remember that now. I, I forgot the number about how many siblings Mark but, has. But, but the physicality, I think, also is something you know, I didn't grow up with because I don't have any siblings. I also don't have any cousins that are my generation. And just also helping our kids realize like they're sometimes just bigger, right? And to be responsible with their size and their strength and their height um, <laughs> as they're engaging with like their younger siblings is I like to think hopefully just early self-awareness and hopefully will serve them well as they go through life as not only siblings, but also like friends and classmates and citizens. Did you always know that you wanted to have, I don't even want to say a bigger family because you don't apparently according I- to Mark's. <laughs> I know Mark is like, this is nothing. <laughs> He's like, until you can field a team. And in Mark's family, you're like, pick a team. You're like, you can field like a basketball team, like a hockey team, a football team. He's like, you know, until you can field a team, like we're moderate in size. I had always hoped to be able to have at least two kids because while I am very close to my parents, I had always hoped to have a sibling. I initially uh, wanted an older sibling. And then I remember at some point realizing like that was probably not going to happen. <laughs> so then I started lobbying for a younger sibling. And my parents have spoken openly about how they tried to have more children, were not able to have more kids. And I also, you know, at some point, Melissa became aware that it was a painful conversation for my mom in particular, as I kept like, you know, lobbying for more kids. Mm-hmm. And it was not something that was going to happen. I'd always hoped that I would um, be able to have or that we would create a larger family than just than just one. M- Mark has uh, many adopted siblings. So that was also something that we had spoken openly about as we were uh, thinking about our family. And I just feel incredibly grateful to have been blessed with three healthy, happy, adventurous, generally, though not always, kind, but most of the time, like 99% of the time, kind kids. I know. It really is. It's such a gift and a blessing that you have to really acknowledge. My die-hard love for this product 
is so real. You guys have heard me rave about Array bloat supplement for a really long time and nothing has changed because I'm just so obsessed with this product. And the reason is because it works. It is so clean. The ingredients are minimal. It literally consists of bromelain, ginger root, lemon balm, dandelion root, peppermint, slippery elm. And I will tell you that this little concoction is the formula to get things moving, if you know what I mean. The Array Bloat Supplement helps to optimize digestion, ease that uncomfortable bloated feeling, and it really just speeds up the breakdown of all the things that we're consuming. And I just have to say, it is also, it's vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, filler-free, nut-free, everything-free, you guys, and it works, like really, really works. I take anywhere from two to three whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable. In the evening, after a meal, I have it with a little bit of tea before bed, and it works like magic. You wake up in the morning and you feel like a different person. The code for a discount is MOVE WITH HEART. That's no spaces. And this can be used on array.com. That's A R R A E.com at the checkout for 15% off or for 25% off the first month of subscription. I can't say it enough. I know I've said it a lot but I'm absolutely in love with this product. And the truth is, it's because it's effective and it works wonders. Don't trust me, definitely try it on for yourself and experience some real movement, if you know what I'm saying. Can you walk me through, because I know wellness is a big part of your life. Yes. And I'm always like enamored by how people conduct their days. Like, what do you do? Like, do you have a morning routine? I mean, I'm yeah. assuming yes, because you're scheduled. But what is what does a day look like for you? Well, like typical? I have to, again, give my parents real credit because I um, I, I grew up like eating healthy, like it was not an option uh, for me. Like we didn't have like sugar cereal in the house. I remember I loved when I got to go to Elizabeth Fleming's house for sleepovers because I got to have like Apple Jacks and Lucky Charms <laughs> and all of these things that were forbidden in my house. I also though grew up with a mom who really cared about my sleep and really ensured that I got enough sleep as a kid who ensured that like activity was part of my life, physical mm -hmm. activity, who ensured not. I, she didn't, I actually was not baptized as a child. I got baptized when I decided to become a confirmed Methodist at 12, but also gave me a grounding in faith. Like all of these different aspects, I think, of what we today recognize, at least as related for many people, mm -hmm. kind of to your question of wellness. I'm so thankful I didn't have to find later in life because my parents created a life where that was just the expectation of what a, a day or a week would look like. And I am now so aware of that, particularly as a parent. And as I think about talking to my kids about 
no, like you really do need to drink that whole glass of water. Like this is really important or it is really time to go to bed. Like, yes, reading is good for your brain, but the book's still going to be there in the morning. And like sleep is really important for your brain. And we are going to go outside to the conversation we were having earlier because fresh air is important. Like I think I feel this responsibility as a parent, but also the privilege to be able to do all this stuff with my kids, which is such a gift for me because of how my mom raised me. Mm -hmm. So I just need to start with that and acknowledge that because I don't, I don't know if you and Noah feel this way. And as you know, I adore Noah's mom, who I've been lucky enough mm. to know for many years. Um, she's the best. She's awesome. And he and I have talked a lot about this, about how when he became a parent, it made him even more grateful to his mom. Mm-hmm. And I feel super aware of that same dynamic toward my parents in many ways, but particularly as it relates to health and wellness towards my mom. Admittedly, because our day with our kids starts pretty early, I have to get my daughter up at about 6.40 so that she can... If she's up by 6.43, we're okay, ideally 6.40, so she can have breakfast and get ready to go to school and get on, so she can get on the bus. I wake up really early and generally go for a run. Okay. Like, I generally am running by like 5.30 in the morning. Wow. And I love to run outside. I know you love to run. I love to run outside. I wish that I had more space in my life right now for other things that before I had kids, I had more space for. Like I wish I had more time to go see a trainer, to go to a Pilates class or to go like on an outdoor long bike ride on the weekends. And I just, I don't have that time, Um, at least not in a regular way. And so I run five or six times a week, generally very early in the morning. So I wake up in the morning, I like get up, like wash my face, brush my teeth. Admittedly, I down a shot of espresso do you eat anything? Mm-mm. And I go okay. for a run. And if it's very cold or if it's rainy, I'll go for a run on a treadmill, but I prefer to run outside. Ugh. And then like I'm back, like no later than 620, rinse off, throw on different clothes, and then the whole day starts with our family. But that is, it's a really important part of my kind of, I think, ability to navigate throughout the day. Because it's, it's my meditative space. It's like I clear the cobwebs out. I reflect on whatever I might have dreamed about. I think about what's really important for that day and what I want to prioritize, getting done for some of the longer-term projects. And that, to me, is the most important part of my wellness routine. And if there are, I don't know if you have seasons of nightmares or night terrors, but one of our kids has been waking up a lot. And so in, mm. in the mornings where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough energy, I actually then go for a run often after I put them to bed at night. Okay. That I was going to ask you yeah. that. But it's really, it's really important to me. And I also have found too that I like having things to train for, even if they're just goals that I've set for myself, or it might be like the New York Marathon or- You ran the marathon the half, twice? The half marathon. Yeah. I've run the marathon twice. I have to say this year was really brutal because it was so hot and humid. Yeah. And that night I was like, oh, Mark, like, don't let me do this next year again. He's like, okay. But I woke up I'm, I'm literally on Monday morning. I was like, all right, I'm ready. And he's like, less than 12 hours ago, you were like, don't let me do this. I was like, I know it was just, it was so humid. I was like, but now I'm replenished. I'm rehydrated. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he was like, no, what? What was the preparation for that? Do you, will you run a I run, a, I run a lot. I run almost every day. Uh, I do make myself take at, le- at least one day off a week. I have found that is important. Um, and then I wake up early and I do a lot of like deep stretching on the day that I don't run. 
because I am habituated. Like it is, it is only if I'm up a lot at night with my kids that I don't wake up early in the morning. It's so like I, I wake up before my alarm goes off in the morning. And Mark, thankfully, is also habituated to sleep through my alarm. Like my <laughs> alarm never wakes him up, thankfully, um, if if I do need it. So the marathon, uh, I've always just used like kind of off the shelf runner's world or running weekly, like just basic training plan. I think because I have a built-in level of mileage in my body every week, that has worked for me. Right. I think for people who are not as regular runners as I am, it's of course important that they find whatever the right plan is for them so that they're building resilience in their body while they're also like building kind of their, their running ability. Mm-hmm. I've never run a marathon, but I just like, even watching them, I'm just like, wow, like I can't. Oh, it's amazing. You can't think of the miles, right? Like how do you mentally. It's amazing. I had to go to Orlando on Wednesday for a conference just for the day. And I went to LaGuardia to get on my flight and then we were taking off. And you realize like, you're like, oh, we're flying. And then there's Manhattan and like, there's the Ferris Honor Bridge and there's Staten Island. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's really far. Like, I'm yeah. like looking from like the sky downward. I'm like, this is a really long way. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is. I think thankfully there's so much energy in the marathon and there's so much like borough pride and neighborhood pride that that really does help, at least for me, kind of just provide constant energy. This year was just hard because it was so humid and there were so many people like fainting and just like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh. It was just a different experience this year, but one I'm still so thankful to have had. That's incredible. So if you you don't get your run-in in the morning, you'll do it at night. Do you have a time that you tr- like strive to be home for, for the kids? Like is dinner? Yes. Like, yes. I love to know just yes. a little bit around your evening routine, which yes. I find- so, I really do enjoy the mornings with my kids, even though they're a little chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, and it does give a little bit of time with each kid, at least when they stay in their beds. Like for Charlotte and then Aiden and then Jasper. Although Jasper recently has been like waking up when his, at least when his brother, if not when his sister wake up and he's like, it's morning time. And I'm like, it's not morning time for you yet. He's like, it's, but it is, it's morning time. And I was like, oh shoot. Yes, it is morning time. And also you're still supposed to be in bed. He's like, I'm awake. I'm like, I know. Can you go back to bed? He's like, can I watch TV? I'm like, no. He's like, then no, I'm awake. I'm like, all right, well, here we are. I like the time in the morning with the kids. I do though try to be home for dinner and it is not something that happens every night, Mm -hmm. but it happens thankfully more often than not, even if I have to go back out for an event or I have to get on a Zoom for a virtual event or I have work to do. Because I grew up really with my parents, not only schedules, but lives anchored around family dinners. My parents were home almost every night for dinner. And often they had to go out again after dinner, but they were home. They were home for dinner. We had family dinner particularly when I was little, they would read to me before bed. Uh, And so that, again, like just the regularity of those everyday moments made me feel like we weren't having to trade off in our family between like quantity and quality of time because I was really lucky to have both. And it's important to me that my kids, you know, feel that same way. First of all, I can't stop thinking about Charlotte writing her book. I need to hear more about this. This It's wildly impressive. It's a I don't know, Melissa, if you had a moment like I had 
which I feel like I shouldn't have had because I also grew up watching Disney movies. But I have this moment where I remember watching the Disney movies like with Charlotte and I all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, the parents do really all die or they're already dead or at least one of them is dead before the movie starts or it happens within like the first 10 minutes of the movie. So Charlotte's story, which she is working on both with a couple of her friends and somewhat independently is the story of like the parents are away. They're either on a business trip or dead. I'm deeply lobbying for the business trip, <laughs> clearly not the deceasedness. And it's a little girl whose brother falls into a well and she has to like find the magic jar to be able to get the water that she needs to be able to like open the portal of the well to be able to then find her brother. And she travels through all of these like magical underground water realms to find her brother. I am so impressed. Like my brain is not this creative probably today. Maybe it was this creative as a child, but I don't remember. Charlotte loves uh, the ocean and marine life and has wanted since she knew what a marine biologist was to be a marine biologist. So I'm not surprised that most of the action seems to be happening, <laughs> like, you know, under the sea, as it were. Um, but she assures me that, thankfully, the heroine is going to rescue her brother and they will make it back out with the magic jar up through the well, like back to safety. But we're not remotely there yet in the that story. Is so <laughs> sweet and mind-blowing, but also not because... Look who her mother is. I write nonfiction, though. I'm, I sometimes <laughs> want to write a fic. I like. I flirt with the idea of trying to write a fiction book. You've written so many books. Eleven children's books. That's and I think right. Yes. Yeah, and a couple of adult books. Yes. Hopefully, lucky thirteen. I mean, more to come. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, I am so inspired by that because I will say it's the one thing I really desire to do, but I'm like, I don't know. I can help. I'll help. You will? Yes, of course I will. Really? Oh, I love editing my friend's books or I love helping them do outlines. I love a good outline. You do? Also, yes. Okay. I feel like that's what I love I a good outline. Because I like have my little notes and this and I mean, even I hearing will, I'm I like, work, should I, I sit with Charlotte? A cup, of, <laughs> a cup of coffee. You give me a cup of okay, coffee. We'll, we'll spend a few hours together. You and I love. Yes. We have our love Please, of coffee. I would love to do that. It doesn't surprise me hearing this about your daughter because I mean, I'm sure she's read all your books. Does she understand what like a New York Times bestseller is? Does she? I'm. I don't think she understands that, but she is. She's very proud. I will say one of the great joys for me is when she's reading something I've written, and I think she forgets that I've written it. She's like, "Mom, did you know?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I did know. I did know." <laughs> I've learned so much reading your children's books. It's like, but it's very sweet. I brought two of them for you to sign a little note for of Eleanor course. to have. But no, I'm I'm being honest with you. Like oh, I'm well, like thank you. I, but it's very so so it's also so fun. Like I see how she's learning and then the questions that what she's learned sparks and like what else she wants to know uh, has been so much fun. But truly the the greatest like gift of being um, a children's book author is seeing my kids like read my books and enjoy them and have fun reading them and also learn from them in ways that are so kind of transportive. They then are excited to teach me the things they've learned from the books I've written. It's incredible. I am I will say I have a few children's books brewing yes, in here well, too. Yes, let's talk about those too. Okay. I'm serious. Because just like the yes. way you 
it's so inspiring. Like, it's like, how can we plant this at the seed level? And it, it's just, you see that, right? Even with your children and it's, it opens up their world and. Oh, completely. And I see it so profoundly in my sons, I have to say, um, because with Aiden, like he doesn't think it's ex- exceptional at all that he has women role models. Like they're just sort of in the Rolodex, the people that he looks up to. Like he loves math and science. And so like, you know, Rosalind Franklin, who was like, you know, the chemist who doesn't get credit for helping discover the structure of DNA. Watson and Crick basically like stole her work, which is often the story of women pathbreakers that men take credit. Or Gladys uh, West, who created the math really that uh, is what GPS is based off of. Actually, to be fair, Charlotte also went through a period last year of being obsessed with her because our our kids just couldn't believe there was a moment we used to get lost. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yes. I was like, you know, way back in the day. How did like, we do it? When, like, you know, I would go on road trips with your grandma and pop-pop. We would sometimes have to ask for directions. <laughs> they're like, it was I just, still do. Right? It was like such a like, like bizarre concept to them, though, because they're like, you just pull out your phone, right? And you have a map on your phone. It's so like, like Gladys West has help us ensure that we would never get lost. And Aiden would just think like, well, what math am I going to create to be able to do that? And it wasn't strange to him at all that he was asking that question, kind of inspired by, oriented in like a woman's story. And so I see it so profoundly with my sons. That's so beautiful. And you have really... Just, I think it's like you've paved the way for really taking your passions and making them your purpose. And I think there's so many trying, people trying. Well, there's, I feel, you know, with this audience, especially, I know like for myself too, it was an understanding at one point where I felt like everything was a mess and I harnessed it to turn it into my mission. What advice would you give for anyone who feels a little lost or like, I, th- I think probably one of the number one questions are people write in asking like, how do you even discover your passion? Like, I don't know what my passions or my purpose are. I don't, I, I don't know. Like what advice could you give for anyone looking? I think, Melissa, that all of us, while we may care about so much, do generally have, if we're really honest with ourselves, a couple of real passions. And they may be rooted in inspiration, something that really inspires us. Uh, They may be rooted in anger, something that we think is wrong in the world or in our community. They may be really kind of oriented around our family or our broader like neighborhoods or kind of the spaces and places we spend time already. And so I think, you know, we first have to just be really honest with ourselves. Like what, what does mean the most to us? And where we say that. Yeah. Like what does mean the most to us? Like there are a lot of things I care about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am going to kind of continue to work as hard as I can 
kind of in a professional sense in kind of anything and everything that relates to protecting and promoting, you know, public health and and women and girls. And of course I care about climate change and the future of education in our city and our world and so many other things. And I want to be well-educated about those things so that I can know who to support who's leading in those other areas, who to support, whether they're running for office or in a not-for-profit or kind of through the books that they're writing. That's not the what I'm focused on, right? I'm focused on what can I do in these two areas that are my passion and my my purpose. And I think we really do all have those those feelings of what matters most to us. And then how do we manifest that? And there are as many right answers, I think, to that as there are kind of people who are writing in and asking you. Um, and also to just be mindful of who do we want to be on this journey with? You know, sometimes that's about, of course, our partners and our friends. And sometimes it is about the people that you you work with. And I always want to be on a journey with people who are smarter than I am in some ways, who I can learn from, who I can learn with, um, but who always have a shared kind of ethos and a shared sense of mission. And that has always worked better for me than not. And so I would hope that would work better for anyone than not. And if anyone is looking to really get inspired, I have to tell you that, first of all, I didn't even have Apple TV set up. And I was like, I have to set up Apple TV. I need to watch Gutsy, which started as a book. It did. The book of Gutsy Women that you and your mother co-authored. And you both not only starred in Gutsy, but you both executive produced it, which is just... Which was a lot of fun to do with my mom. I loved it. And like so... So much fun, Melissa, and such just a gift. I felt like I didn't expect and yet was so profoundly grateful to receive of all of this time kind of with my mom to continue to explore the world together and learn together and kind of share our platform, give our platform to kind of inspiring and gutsy women whose stories we think should be more well known and understood and hopefully then kind of the catalyst for someone else. And it just was way more fun than I thought it would be. And that like the joy that I think is so palpable on the screen is there because it was just so authentic. I could feel it. And I, I, it's so interesting to hear you say that because that's what I thought about. I was like, how special to have that time with your mother and to have these experiences together and to really almost like go through that like awakening when you hear someone's story about these awful things that happened and how they turned it into something so powerful and profound and just, it was so empowering. It was so empowering and I I loved it. Well, thank you. I mean, that is, we hope it will be empowering. Like if you asked us, like, what do we hope for Gutsy? We hope it's empowering and we also hope that for the men who watched it, we know, thankfully, that because Apple tells us they know that some men have watched <laughs> it too, um, that we hope that for the men who've watched it, they talk to the women in their lives about how how they've been gutsy and to then hopefully understand how to better support the gutsy women in their lives or better nurture the gutsy women in their lives and to also kind of recognize that, of course, it's a form of strength to recognize that gutsiness and support it. It's not emasculating. It's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Proudly feel gutsy 
So, and it's funny because Noah and I are not, we don't, clearly I had to set up the Apple TV. We don't watch a lot of TV, but when I was watching an episode, Noah sat down with me for a minute and he was so into it. And then he, he had to leave, but I was like, it's here. It's here for you when you're ready for (laughs) the series. This has been such a pleasure to sit and talk to you and really just share you in this way. I do end every episode with some rapid fire questions, if that's okay with you, which I also have to just laugh for a moment because we had these like beautiful cards made that I haven't used yet. And I wrote little notes just in case, but I'm I'm honored to be the (laughs) first card. I was like, you know, let's just... I always think it's important to be prepared. Well, I feel like it's like Oscar season and you're like yes, ready. <laughs> but I love that I didn't touch them. But we are going to use them for the rapid fire. Right, so I'm we're ready. making you ready. Okay. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh gosh. Always, like my kids, uh, if if need be. Um, but just that it's a new day and I'm always excited for a new day. What a great attitude. What motivates you when you're feeling down? My children. I always think when I'm feeling down, like, who is this serving? Who is this helping? Like, is this how I want my kids to see me? Am I really going to just like live in this down place or am I going to hopefully do something positive, be a good parent, be a good friend, hopefully be a good person? And when all else fails, like, I'm really just go for another run and pick myself up through my running endorphins. Just, it's an honest answer. No, it is. Sometimes it comes to that. <laughs> hundred percent. You need those fallbacks. What's your end all be all like self-care ritual? Like the thing that you feel like you like need to decompress with? Well, we already talked a lot about I was going to say running, about but, running, but I, the one area of like health and wellness I do have to work on sometimes is my sleep. Where I really do have to like forcibly calm my mind at night, kind of forcibly like let go both kind of frustrations and and joys that sometimes I really do feel like are coursing around my body where I'm like, oh, like this didn't work as well as I wanted to, or I didn't finish this, or how awesome was that? Like, that was so great. I'm so proud of like what we've done is that for whatever reason, like late at night, it's often like really bubbling, not only in my brain, but it feels like bubbling in my body. And that is the one thing I really have to keep working on is like just to be able to let that go and calm my my brain and my heart so I can get the sleep that I do know I need to be able to wake up and do it again the next day. That's one thing that I'm working on too. It's because really, it it's all like, spins at yeah, night. And now too. I like see no, I'm like, I understand you. Now I understand why sleep has always been something that is challenging for you to get there because you just, everything turns. I put my legs up the wall. I don't know if oh, this I put one, my legs up yeah, the wall too. And I listen to a guided meditation and I swear it's like lights I put out. my legs up. It's so funny. Like I started, this was one of the things I started doing this year in 2023. I put my legs up the wall every night and Mark's like, what are you doing? I was like, I am calming my body down. Yes. And also I run so much. It's good for my feet. Yes. <laughs> oh, very, very good. Good luck bring down that inflammation. And I don't know why I just thought of this. We have a sound bowl meditation and I feel like I'm oh. going to have you listen to it okay. when your legs like, are up the more. wall. Okay. Yes. Last one is my favorite because this podcast is called Move With Heart and I really try to embody that with everything that I do in the world and being a mother and just everything, um, everyone I come in contact with. What does moving with your heart mean to you? I don't know most of you um, kind of physically felt this way, although I suspect you did. I really understood as soon as I became 
a mother, both all the Hallmark cards, but also all of the metaphors of like, you really do feel like your heart lives outside your body. Mm-hmm. And I really do feel that way as, as a parent. And so for me, that means like just helping my children be the healthiest, happiest, most full versions of themselves to help them thrive today and God willing over the many decades of their of their lives to come. Because so for me, moving with heart is how do I move in the world to be the best mom that I can be and also to try to create the world that I want them to live in. So inspiring. I'm so inspired by you. I admire you so much. And every time I'm like just in your energy, your presence, I just feel like I learn so much and I, I just always, I feel empowered and uplifted and that I can literally do anything. So, well, I um, most was al- already predisposed to like you because you have made someone that I've loved for a very long time, very happy. Mm. And uh, I just always wish that we had more time together and thank you for your time today. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you and your sweet husband and children soon. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. We have to have more time together. Please. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you. And thanks to everybody here. Thank you, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. God, I have to say it still feels so good to share that the evolution of the MWH platform is finally here. And we are giving you so much more on the platform with your membership. We have a very special offer for our Move With Heart listeners. We've never done this before. For new members, in addition to your seven-day free trial, we are giving your first entire month for free. That's another 30 days free, you guys. We never do this. All you have to do is head to melissawoodhealth.com and use code MOVEWITHHEART, all lowercase, no spaces, when you sign up for a monthly membership. Let me tell you, if you did not know this already, MWH now offers so much more. I cannot emphasize that enough in every category to help guide you in both movement and meditation so you can feel not only your absolute best in your body, but most importantly, in your mind. So don't forget to get your first month free. Use code MOVEWITHHEART when you sign up for a monthly membership at melissawoodhealth.com and follow me on Instagram at melissawoodtepperberg and MWH at melissawoodhealth on Instagram and TikTok. I cannot wait to see you all on the map.